You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 507. We saw wholesaling as a tool to allow us into these deeply discounted properties, off-market deals, where we could also fund the acquisition of those deals at the same time. Yeah. So that's what was so attractive about it and really got us got us in, you know. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Welcome, everybody, to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast, America's number one podcast for new real estate investors, where we know that finding discounted properties is the most proven path to financial freedom. I am your host, Brent Daniels, and I am telling you, if I can do it, so can you. So let's get started. This is going to be an incredible interview. I've got a couple that not only are working full-time and kind of part-time, but they've got an incredible business that they've done over $200,000 in the first half of 2020, and they're still working. They still have a young family. They're incredible. They're out of Augusta, Georgia. It is my pleasure to introduce Paul and Rita Grimes to the whole Selling Inc. podcast. Say hello to everybody. Hey, everybody. Hey. <laughs> it's exciting to have you guys on here because, I mean, you guys are, are doing this thing. And this isn't just like some overnight success that you guys have had. You guys have been really grinding this thing out since, what, 2017? Yep, yeah. late 2017, yeah. Incredible. So how did you find wholesaling? Well, I think that we were listening to... It was actually Clayton Morris's podcast <laughs> where we heard Tom Kroll's interview there and that was what got us hooked. And then we checked on Wholesale and Inc. and started listening to that podcast or this podcast. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. Incredible. So what pulled you to even starting to listen to real estate investing podcasts? I mean, was it something that, you know, you were like, hey, I would like to own property? Or was it something like I read a book and it was incredible? Or did you have some family that was like, hey, listen, I'm retired now because I own like, you know, 100 rental units. Like what, what brought you to being a real estate investor? So the, the number one thing that I always attribute it to is the birth of our first daughter. And as soon as she was born, it was like a major wake up call to me. It was like, wait a minute, I'm a biologist, I'm making X, which was not a whole lot. And, you know, Rita's a nurse and that's a great position and everything. But I just didn't feel that we were adequately providing for the family and for a future family indefinitely. And I was always worried that if something happened to me, there was nothing in place to take care of them. And so that was really the main driver that that got me motivated into it. We had one of our mentors suggested Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and we read that book and, you know, just really got hooked. And that's when I started listening to podcasts and she started listening as well. And uh, yeah. And we were just surfing Zillow for rental properties. Oh, yeah. But that was, that didn't really get us for anywhere. For like a year, yeah. And then we Googled wholesaling. And of course, wholesaling was the first thing that popped up. <laughs> And sure. we started listening to podcasts and yeah, yeah I, I think it's important too to clarify like uh, originally our interest was getting into owning rental properties right right so that's why we started listening to, to Clayton and listening to that podcast and really getting educated on that and it was really helpful but we saw wholesaling as a tool to 
allow us into these deeply discounted properties, off-market deals, where we could also fund the acquisition of those deals at the same time. Yeah. So that's what was so attractive about it and really got us got us in, you know. Well, and there's there, there's kind of like a weird misconception on what wholesaling is. To put it simply, wholesaling is finding deals. I mean, that's really what it is. Wholesaling yeah. is sourcing real estate opportunities if we want to get real fancy with it. And once you learn how to do that, it's up to you what exit strategy you want, whether you want to hold it, whether you want to flip it, whether you want to wholesale it. I mean, there's you know a few different options that you can do, but it all comes down to being able to find the best deals in your market. Once you build that skill, that's a skill that lasts with you forever. Because now, how many properties do you guys own? We have 10 rentals going on 11. And all of that's been in the last two and a half years. All of them in the last two and a half years. So a biologist and a registered nurse own, I assume, your own house and 10 others? That's right. That's right. 11 properties. And four of them are totally paid off right now. So. Incredible. <laughs> that is the best. That is absolutely incredible. So let's let's go back. So, Paul, you are a full-time, you're, you're working full-time, is that right? That's right. I'm a quail why biologist. You, why are you working full-time as a, what, what kind of biologist are you? Quail, quail biologist. <laughs> a so, quail uh, biologist. Okay. I don't even know what quail are. So, yeah, <laughs> a lot of people don't. But, um, yeah, no, so, and I, I'm not looking to get out of this position, mainly because it's my passion. It's what really drives me. So. You know, no lies here. Real estate is not really my passion. I enjoy it. I have fun doing real estate investing and everything, but it's not my true passion. Wild quail restoration is. And so by being able to do this and continue working what I'm doing, I'm, I'm happy as I can be. Incredible. And Rita, <laughs> I mean, being a nurse, that's a lot of schooling. That's a lot of uh, going through the process. You got to start at the bottom. You got to raise your way, way up. I mean, when you started this business, were you full-time nurse? Were you raising the young ones? What What was your schedule like? Yes, I was a full-time nurse and I was on my days off because, you know, it's three days a week, 12 hours. And I worked mm -hmm. night shift and I had a baby. And during nap times, she took two naps at the time, I remember. And I would work my butt off during those two naps. And like the second she went to sleep, I'd start working frantically. And I did everything pretty much at the beginning, but on the back end, Paul would go on appointments and I would do all the marketing and it was exhausting, but it was, I mean, if I could have seen the future two years in advance, I'd say, oh my goodness, it really worked, you know? Yeah. It was it's amazing. incredible. And it's, and it's continuing to work. How much do you guys have pending right now and closing or what was your month? So Four. far in July, we've made 48000 $48,000. And what was your like yearly salary? Or, or you're, I mean, what do you, what do you make as a nurse? Oh, <laughs> 22,000. Um, well, yeah, something like that. Cause I only work, I work very minimal. So it yeah, might even be less than that. <laughs> she's been able to go part-time too, because of wholesaling. I right. mean, that's, that's allowed us to be able to do that. That's blessing. incredible. So do you still do the lead generation, Rita? And then Paul, you go on the appointments and convert it. Like how does the relationship work as a married couple? Yeah. Um, We'll we, we've evolved greatly over the last year. So a large part of what's enabled us to grow like we have over the last 12 months has been we've been able to build a team. And so, you know, we went through next level wholesaling and, and that was just tremendous. And we worked our tails off 
and we were able to build a team and hire a lot out, work on our business and not so much in it. And uh, that's really changed the game for us now. I mean, Rita still coordinates a lot of the lead re- lead generation, and I coordinate more of the acquisitions. So, awesome. Awesome. Love it. And I think it's real important to understand. Well, l- let me ask you this, because I, I, I kind of want to bring it back, because I think a lot of people jump to hiring people too early. I really do. I think that they don't have enough consistency in their business, nor do they have leadership skills, nor are they really ready to like be financially responsible for other people, yes. right? What point in your business did you start hiring these people and who did you hire? Like you talk about a team, what does that mean? Well, at first we hired a cold caller and this was before we took the next level. And I think we just learned that from you and your course. That was after. Yeah. And then after that, we took the next level because we just wanted to learn kind of how to build a team further. And that's when we hired... I think an acquisition specialist next. And then we hired another cold caller through Call Motivated Sellers. Yep. And then we also hired a VA. That was probably, the VA was probably the one I was most scared of because that was, that relinquished a lot of my control. Mm -hmm. And it honestly required some of the most training and, but it's been so worth it. And she helps me tremendously. She's in the Philippines. Yep. uh, Yeah. How how did you find her and what are her responsibilities? I found her, I think. Is the PA jobs. Onlinejobs.pa. Yeah, onlinejobs.pa. Yeah, that was it. And it was great. We signed up for the, what do they call it, $100 something, whatever. It allows you to do the background checks and everything on the uh, candidates and everything. And so we did that. We were real patient. Every hire we've ever made, we've been extremely patient and done the due diligence before. And, and so far, it's worked really well for us. And Incredible. She, and then to answer what she does, she does a lot of like the preparing, the marketing, scrubbing the lists, uploading them into the calling system and sending contracts, stuff like that. Just back-end work. Awesome. Awesome. And did you train her through like a, a Skype video? Did you record videos and send it to her? Did you send like little checklists? Like how do you train somebody that's in the Philippines. I think we, you know, it's interesting. I hear a lot of podcasts and everybody's like, yeah, I got a VA and they do all this stuff. Well, how, how do they know how to do it? Right? Like yeah, I, I've had one for years, so I get it. But what do you guys do? Give some tips on if you're going to hire a VA to take over some of those organizational responsibilities, how do you guys train them? And what do you think is the most effective way? Well, so Rita will describe how she did the training. She handled most of that training. But one thing I'll say right off the bat before you hire is recalibrate your expectations. You know, don't expect a VA, particularly one in the Philippines, to, to take this thing and run with it and do as good a job as you were doing. It's just not reality. And so that was one thing that got our minds right. And we mainly got it through that. But um, yeah, so Rita, she took it and ran with it with the training. Well, so, I'm still not... The best, I don't think. I could use some training myself, but <laughs> I just made a, I screen recorded and I made a Google Drive folder with everything that she needed to watch and tried to make it as step by step, kind of like what you do in your course as possible. Yep. Yep. Um, I still have to tweak it a little bit for whenever, just in case she quits, you know? Yep. Um, so, video screen. And then also, we chat a lot on WhatsApp. And oftentimes it was when we were actually doing these things, right? So like when we were pulling lists, when we were doing the, we just recorded it and took it step by step and narrated what we were doing. Yeah, it takes a little extra time and it's like you're always in a hurry, but 
just take the time and record what you're doing, write down what you're doing step by step. Then you don't have to do it again in the future. Yeah, I think putting together videos, what I did is I was like, okay, how do I just, you know, take a, a my screen, my computer screen and like make a video of it and send it to my VA. And I found something called ScreenFlow. I think there's like a million other ones that you can do it. And I just would, would record training videos and just share it in a Google Drive. And it was like so easy and they kept caught on and it was like, it really worked well with Lisa. And I've had Lisa for five years now and it's just like clockwork, you know, and she's just been working away. And if we need to adjust something, if she has a question about something, we shoot a video, send it to her and it works out really well. So anybody that's looking to hire a VA one, I think what uh, Paul and Rita here are talking about is first do a background check to make sure that you're getting somebody that that is in line with your values and your ethics and in your work in your working patterns and everything. And then second, make sure that you train those people up uh, as much as you can through video. And third, communicate with them often. Like, honestly, like just be in their lives, communicate with them. They will respond to you, get WhatsApp. It's super easy or, you know, whatever else and uh, rock and roll. So that's really, really, really cool. So Rita, this is a question for you. How do you balance your life? You've got these beautiful children. You've got nursing a couple of days a month or a few days a month. You then have the house. You've got Paul running around uh, uh, biologically doing something with quails. <laughs> and you know what I mean? What? Top of that, yeah. 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 Yes. How do, you, how do you balance it? Well, it's not easy. It's still a learning curve, especially since we had our newest daughter uh, in May of this year, so two months ago. So it's still a huge learning curve and I'm trying to figure that out. But the best thing I can do is drop them off, get a babysitter for at least one day a week. I'll work during their naps. I'll work before they wake up or after they go to sleep. And I try and train our, our VA Chona to do as much of that kind of stuff as possible. That way cool. I can really focus on them. I don't feel like I'm stressed all the time or, you know, just having this yeah. long to-do list in the back end. So I just delegate as much as I can, just work whenever they're sleeping. That's awesome. pretty much what I can do. <laughs> and I, I've got to brag on her real quick. I mean, she does a great job. Like, you know, we, we literally had to transform our lives when we started doing this. And when we got serious about it, it's not like you can keep doing a lot of the extracurricular things that you were doing beforehand. I mean, you got to really buckle down and, and she's done that. I mean, at, at night, she's not sitting around watching TV or whatever. She's on the computer. You know what I mean? Yep. Like we're getting caught up and we're making the most of it. So, Right. Yeah. I love it. Well, let's get everybody excited. Let's talk about a deal. Let's break down an actual deal that you guys found. I want to know everything. I want to know what list it was. I want to know how you initially became in contact with them. I want to know what their motivation was. Let's really break it down. You guys have the floor. Go for it. So this deal is one that we, I think the list that we got it from, I looked back in our system and it had been on multiple lists. <laughs> I think I even marked it driving for dollars. Sure. <laughs> so absentee, I think code violation, it's been on all sorts of them. We actually got it through texting on Lead Sherpa. So I guess he just doesn't answer the phone because I'm sure other people have called him too. Yeah. But, and we've yep. called multiple times from multiple angles, right. so to speak. But, but it's an sure. old man. For some reason, he chooses texting as his source of communication. <laughs> Who would have thought? But Who, Yeah, that's rare. Yeah. And so we, um, I think we didn't even meet him there. We just got it under contract by going and looking at it. I think his daughter let us in. And it was back up top COVID, right when COVID. Oh, yeah. It was in March, I think, or 
Yeah, I think it was March, right when COVID was getting really bad. And believe it or not, we had tons of people show up. So don't let that scare you, the COVID stuff. I mean, people, still, people are still buying yeah. real estate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Health-wise, yes, it's scary. But I'm talking about for real estate, it still moves forward. And people are doing deals right. and buying all the time. And so we sent it out and somebody sent in an extremely high offer. And I think that it was for 26000 or so was the assignment. So we decided to double close. But then actually, once we got to doing the title work and everything, that's when all the problems arose. As you know, a lot of these wholesale deals, they'll have crazy title work come back. And so it was a probate issue. And they ended up having to reach out to all four kids and get a quick claim deed. And it was a nightmare. And I had to call each and every kid. Each and every kid like wouldn't answer their phone. They wouldn't Didn't send back Didn't have a good relationship mail. with each other, you know. Or they didn't like the dad or it was just always something. And so I had to get four crazy kids to sign <laughs> these quit claim deeds. <laughs> and it How'd you do me. it? I mean, how do you do that? Do you just, uh, did you have to give them money? Did you have to give them part of the deal? Did you have to just show I, up and, and put it in front of them and say, hey, I need you to sign this? How do you do it? I actually offered one of them because I could not get him to send his paperwork. I offered him money, but he's like, no, I'm doing it. I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> so he finally did it. And well, it was like, mainly just me pestering them. Talk I to just, you. Yeah. And I, I was nice. You know, I wasn't rude. I made sure I put on my happy face and I was really overly nice and made sure I was there for them. If they need any help, just let me know what I can do. I can go out of my way if I need to. I'll pay for a mobile notary if I need to. That was another thing because if COVID, they were having trouble finding a notary. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just one thing after another. And then the seller was in a hospital type setting that wasn't allowing anybody in. So the attorney mm -hmm. couldn't even come in to sign the paperwork. So they had to do a Zoom call to, you know, close the deal. And it oh was just my gosh. So explain to me this. So this is just to kind of educate anybody that hasn't gone through this experience before. But so when you pulled up this property, it said this guy was the owner, right? And so you yes. skip traced this guy, you got his phone number, you tried calling, couldn't get a hold of him, but you texted, he responded to the text. So you're thinking, hey, I've got it. I've got the only owner on title I'm talking to. You turn it into the title company and the title company goes, well, he does own it, but there, we need to clean up some of this title work because at some point, what, his children also owned it? Is that well, what happened? His wife actually owned it. She passed away without a will. So the way to avoid uh, probate, you have to reach out to all four kids and get a quick claim deed. Got I, it. I don't understand it, but I just <laughs> do what I'm told. So <laughs> We trusted the attorney with that. But this is really important. I love that you said that, Rita, because this is so important. I think so many times we feel like we need to know all the answers to every single situation that comes up when, in fact, the title company or closing attorney, that's their job. That's what they do every single day, all day, is make sure that when title transfers from somebody, from the seller to the buyer, that it is clear of all liens and that the title is has no clouds on it. Right. When I say clouds, it means that nobody has interest in that property that hasn't fully signed off, that they no longer want interest in the property. So 
let them do their job. Let them do their job. If they say, Rita, I need you to get these four quick claim deeds signed by these people and here's their phone numbers or here's how you get in contact with them, that's when you go to work. That's when you step in. That's when you have to get in and have those conversations with the family and really work with all the emotions and all the different feelings and everything going on and people's lives and they don't really care and they're you know, you're trying to like herd cats, so to speak. And, and, and that's, that's where we make, that's, that's really where you provide the biggest value. Um, I think that that's incredible, but I think going back to exactly what you said, I don't understand it, but that's the way it is. Let the title company understand it. We don't need to understand that. Our job going back to the beginning of this podcast is to find deals, is to find deals. We, it truly is. And sometimes there's some bumps along the road, but it's certainly once you get them cleared out, there is a path. Typically, most times there is a path that you can take to get the deal done. Just let other people to show you what the path is and just follow it. Don't try to recreate something. Don't try to be, you know, the end all be all know everything about real estate. Just find opportunities and you're going to get things done. So I think that's absolutely incredible. So real quick, what was the the seller's motivation or the husband's motivation, the older gentleman's motivation to sell? I'm trying to remember. Honestly, I think he was just done with it. It had been sitting vacant for a while and he didn't have anything to do with it. All the kids would go in from out of, they all lived out of town. And I think several of them would come back in town just to check that house. So a couple and were gung-ho about selling this house. They were tired of it too. So sure. they were the ones that were my helpers. They helped me out to talk to the other kids. And But the dad, he just was done with it. He didn't have anything to do with it anymore. Got it. Got yeah. it. And so at the end of it, start to finish, how long did it take? Like two months or maybe two and a half months. Two and a half, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Two and a half and what, did, what did you net on it? What did you make? Uh, 26000 $26,000. Hold on a second. <laughs> Yay, we've been waiting that's, on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and by the way, that's 26,000 in a year that you've done closed 217,000 with uh, Paul working part-time, Rita running the show for the most part on a day-to-day, running the team, getting everything going. And that's half a year, guys. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. You guys are like pushing towards doing, you know, almost half a million dollars this year in real estate, in wholesaling, in finding opportunities. Not only that, I guarantee you guys will probably cherry pick a couple more rentals to keep as well or pay off some of the ones that you have. So is that what you guys are doing? Is Are you guys just getting this cash, obviously setting some aside for tithing or whatever, setting aside for taxes? And then you're just taking the remainder. You're not getting crazy. You're not going out there and buying, you know, private jet flights and, you know, G-Wagons and Lamborghinis. You're putting it into paying off the debt on your rental portfolio. Is that right? And new acquisitions. That's right. Yeah. Incredible. And so why, why even pay off your rentals? Isn't it? Aren't you getting cash flow from the rent that, that covers the, the mortgage? Why would you ever pay off a rental? Well, so (laughs) we've got a couple of reasons. I mean, originally we were thinking like, all right, let's just get as many as we can, maximize cash flow. And so now, though, we're taking more of the approach. We want to be in a safer position Mm -hmm. uh, should anything else like what's happened this year happen. uh, And just a lot of those unknowns. We want to have a good foundation that is cash flowing like we need, but it's not dependent. We're not dependent on it, you know. And so um, but then also we've also figured out where 
uh, business line of credit becomes more of an option with more rentals paid off. And so owning them outright actually became more valuable for leveraging more debt in the future. And so knowing that, we're kind of using that technique and we're in the mid process of that, but that's a whole nother story. So yeah. I love it. So it's my strategy, everything that I'm making, I'm putting into properties. Like we live north, I mean, we live well, but I mean, it's not crazy. And we just put it into buying and paying off properties. We either buy them cash or we pay them off as soon as we can. And the reason is it's, it's not, listen, you can talk to any finance or economic person or whatever, somebody really smart, and they would tell you that it's stupid to do whatever. You know, you can leverage your money so much more. You could have, you know, 50 instead of five rentals, you know, all this stuff. But guess what? I sleep so good. I sleep so good, whether they're empty, whether they're rented, whether they're getting rehabbed a little bit, whether they're doing, I sleep so good because I know that I don't owe anything on it. I don't have a payment on it. There's something to be said about peace of mind. I think it Absolutely. really is. And, and I think it, it allows you to focus more on your, on your kids, on your family, on the things that are really important, maybe your career, whatever it is, that you're not always thinking about the, the leverage or the debt that you have in your portfolio. So it's something for people to think about. I love that you guys have that really strong mindset that, you know what, we're gonna own these things free and clear. And if we need to leverage it at the time, if there's a crash, if there's something going on, we're gonna be prepared. So I think that that's so incredibly smart. So go back, go back in your mind a little bit to 2016 before you started this business and you were looking for some advice, but you're able to give yourself that advice now. You know what I mean? Talk to it like you're you're just getting into this business, like you're brand new. What advice would you give yourself? So first of all, I guess me personally, I would have said to my 2016 self is uh, get out of your head. This whole investing thing is real and uh, you don't have to work nine to five the rest of your life. You don't have to do that. You can get out and enjoy this free country and the opportunities that we have. And uh, I'd also say that it's real. You know, um, I was extremely skeptical of what we could do, what we could achieve. I was skeptical of the the training program. I mean, sure. everything. I was a skeptic, you know, but um, I would say to my past self to lay down your guard and just go full steam. Yeah, yeah. love it. And um, I think in 2016, I had the spirit where I wanted to invest in something. I wanted to do something entrepreneurial. And I think... I was talking about starting a blueberry farm or something oh, yeah, crazy. Yeah. I forgot about it. Yep. <laughs> just anything. And so then. Which we still might do one day. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I love blueberry. Yeah, do it. And I guess the biggest thing for me was what Tom Kroll always was saying, massive imperfect action. Yeah, it really, yeah. I think that really was the biggest thing on the end of every video. He'd say, now go do it. Don't, don't do something else. Don't get on Instagram. Don't get on Facebook. Just do it. And that's exactly what I had to keep telling myself over and over. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> so. I have that running in my head. Tom Kroll saying progress, not perfection. Progress, yes. not perfection. Progress, not perfection. Yeah. And it is absolutely the truth, you know, because perfectionism will sabotage us. It does make us, you know, it makes us skeptical in a sense. But what I've found, honestly, Paul, is the people that are the most skeptical but still take action always win the most. I don't know. Maybe it's just you're, you're, you're smarter about it or you're more tactical about it or you just follow instruction better. But it's just, um, it, it seems that once you get going, once you actually start the momentum of taking that action, it just takes off. So 
Absolutely incredible. So if anybody wants to reach out to you guys, say hello, say great job, be your cheerleaders or try to reach out, maybe joint venture with you guys in Augusta, Georgia, where can they reach you? What's the best way to contact you? Email Rita. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have Facebook too, Rita Grimes. And then um, you can email me. My email is Rita at grimeshomebuyers.com. My website isn't beautiful, so maybe don't look at that. Yeah. It's not you don't need it. to. You guys talk to people all day, so you don't you need to try, get a, a fantastic website. So that's <laughs> awesome, guys. Well, I really, really, really appreciate you guys coming on here, sharing your story, showing that a married couple can do this, even if they are do have a passion for their full-time job, do have young kids, do have a lot of different things that are in their schedule and that are a priority to them, but also coming in over the last three years, making real estate a priority and truly changing your financial future. Now you guys are able to buy all these rentals. Now you're able to pay off these things and really feel good about it and, and live the life that you guys want to. And someday own the biggest, best blueberry farm in Georgia. I don't know. I don't know, but I hope so, right? So I want to say thank you for being on here, guys. Uh, a resource that they did mention is callmotivatedsellers.com. Callmotivatedsellers.com. I've used them for years. They're the absolute best. Uh, they are the uh, the Rolls Royce of cold callers. Um, so you can definitely check them out if you're interested in hiring somebody, if you're at that point in your career uh, or in your business. And if you're interested in joining the most proactive group in real estate investing with this beautiful couple, that is the TTP program, uh, go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. That's wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. Check it out. If it feels good in your gut, sign up for a call. I look forward to uh, either myself or my right-hand guy talking to you and working with you personally if you do decide to join. So final thoughts, guys. Give, uh, give people I will say some that one, one book. That's yep. good motivation. It's the slide edge. Mm. That's my favorite. Yeah, I, I just read it. I open any page and read it if I'm feeling lazy. <laughs> I love good. it. I love it. I absolutely phenomenal book. So uh, that's it. Thank you guys out there. If you guys are listening and you want to watch this, go to Brent Daniels YouTube channel uh, to put a face with a voice. Uh, and until next time, I encourage you as always to talk to people. See you. Love you. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.